3: Speak to
2: him. They are who we thought they were.
0: And we let them out the I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's
4: go scatter the west right tight. F left, 372 Y stick, C
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
2: Well, how am I
0: going to go to college? I'll just play football.
3: All right hour number two of the show here today in the Farm Bureau studio has begun period moving on all right so we have begun and uh yeah, it's Tuesday of Thanksgiving week let me give you a heads up as far as this show is concerned we'll be back on the air tomorrow live just like normal uh for a Wednesday show the day before the battle for, for the golden egg and the day before Thanksgiving and I know that for many, many people, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving is not a normal day. It's not a normal day in your life. It's not a normal work day for many people, and many people be traveling. And so maybe we catch some of that audience tomorrow on the show. Um, and then Roger and I will enjoy our Thanksgiving holiday um, on Thursday and Friday, and we'll be back with you on Monday. So tomorrow, the last live show of the week. But I talked about this with Roger some, too, and one thing we're going to do is we'll see how things go on Thursday night at the game. And uh, if you will plug in with me on social media, a couple of ways to do that. Follow me on Twitter, first of all. It's just at Radio Wyatt if you don't already. And then f- follow my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. And depending on how things go, if 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 we feel like you know, it warrants that, I'll jump on with you and we'll go live maybe on Facebook on Friday if it's warranted. If the game's boring and nobody cares about it, then we we may just see you on Monday. So just giving you a heads up right there. All right, uh, here in hour number two, just like always, a chance for you to be a part of the show. Several ways to do it. Tweet me at Radio Wyatt. Text me, 601-885-ESPN. The text number, 601 885 ESPN, the number, eight eight five three seven seven six, 3776 And you could also call me. I love to hear your voice. Appreciate the phone calls earlier in hour number one. Those are always fun. On the Divinity Equipment phone line, nine nine five one zero five nine. 1059 Hold on, I'll give it to you again. Just a reminder, though, Divinity Equipment, Madison Ann and Jackson. Check them out, DaviniEquipment.com. They've got Black Friday sales going on. Lots of stuff. Um, Roger, all their cookers and grills and griddles and fryers and stuff that they sell in the store. Mm-hmm. They've got black uh, Friday discounts on all those, uh, boots and apparel, uh, you know, the Georgia boots and all the apparel, the Drake apparel and stuff. Look, also I mentioned this Yeti cups, like the tumblers and the smaller cups and everything. If you buy one, you get another one half off. That's part of the sale. So all that stuff going on at Davinci, y'all be- go in there. And that's all the way through this this Friday. Um, anyway, again, the number, 601-995-1059. Now, coming up in this hour, we'll take a look at this uh, Battle for the Golden Egg matchup, positional matchups for each team, one versus the other. We'll take a look at that. Uh, we're going to hear some sound. In other words, you know, interviews. I've got Matt Luke coming up for you here. A little bit more of the McIntyre interview, which I think is relevant. We'll hear from Daryl Williams, senior offensive lineman, Mississippi State. He talked to the media. Um, so that's coming up. We're streaming on Facebook. You want to check it out there. I'll look at your comments. A lot of comments in hour number one. And right here, real quick, before jumping over to the phone line, I want to get into a couple of texts. All right? So here we go. On the text line, unnamed texter says, and this is a uh, – not a fan of Mississippi State. Somebody said, I hope State signs Moorhead to a lifetime contract. Great coach. Unnamed texter says, I was there and watched Deuce knock out a recruit. Um, got State with his fist. Huh? Yeah, it did happen. Jason says, every word you just said should be a bumper sticker of every – Uh, politician's car both sides from the top down (laughs) you got to remind me though uh, Jason what was it about you know we'll take care of ourselves I don't need you looking down your nose here we'll we'll fix our own problems I don't need your advice is that (laughs) about the whole fighting thing I mean it was so pompous and stupid and arrogant and that deal last year let me say another thing about this fighting thing okay first of all anybody who used the word brawl for what happened in last year's Egg Bowl, is off their rocker, was raised in a bubble, (laughs) has never seen an actual brawl. Okay? First of all, again, in an actual brawl, people aren't wearing helmets and pads. Okay? People get hurt. Get hit over the head with a chair. Secondly, secondly, a whole bunch of guys pushing and shoving. I don't care if people come off the bench and it's against the rules. It ain't a brawl. A brawl. Anybody who used that term to describe what happened in last year's game, or other terms like it, must have been looking for an excuse to try to sensationalize the whole thing to begin with, which is what happens a lot with this Egg Bowl. People sensationalize the, the angst and the it, it, all, they, they do. Okay, so that thing last year, yeah, pushing and shoving and slinging each other around, so what? Guess what? In reality, everything they do during a play is harder on them physically than what they did in the quote-unquote fight. The plays they run are more dangerous than the quote-unquote fight. And guess what? You want to know, I'll put the whole thing in context for you. Don't call it a brawl. Because when Matt Corral last year, the quarterback at Ole Miss lost his helmet, was out there without a helmet, you know what happened? A player, Braxton Hoyette from the other team, picked him up and took him away from danger because he didn't have his helmet on. Everybody in the stands and the press box freaks out about that stuff. Guess what? People on the field ain't really freaking out that much. Oh, well, the coaches were yamping at each other after the game. Joe Moore had called – Yeah, Ross Bjork, a loudmouth AD. Yeah, so what? So what? You ever been to a wrestling match? (laughs) You know, the same people that call it a brawl and, and and then are covering, you know, sanctioned MMA fights. Which one's worse? One actually spills blood on purpose. So the whole thing's blown out of proportion. Okay? It is. And then, on top of all this... Then the SEC wants to do this. Bow my chest out. We're the SEC. We're the boss. And we're going to call you both in here and have a talk. Cohen and Bjork, we're going to have a meeting. And we're going to put a statement out that says we're going to have a meeting. That'll show everybody how in charge we are. We're not putting up with that. How embarrassing that they would push and shove in a ballgame. Kiss my butt is what I said then and now. Because, I mean, at the Egg Bowl last year you had the commissioner and the coordinator officials, two really nice guys there, that witnessed firsthand one of the worst officiating crews in the SEC, number one, that let it get to that point, and then number two, with collaborative replay in Birmingham and all eyes watching the tape, ejected the wrong players. And, you, and some people out here want to have – Conspiracy theories that officials are just this really sneaky, pervasive thread through all officiating crews to like the mob. They're pulling off these conspiracy theories to put certain teams in a championship game. No, they're not. They're not smart enough to do that. They can't even eject the right people watching a replay of what happened. The only thing, here you go. Send this one out to everybody that cared about it last year. The only thing embarrassing about what happened in last year's Egg Bowl was the officiating crew throwing out the wrong players. You want me to be embarrassed because there's a little passion and guys who have pads on from head to toe push and shove at each other? <laughs> Not embarrassed by it at all. I would be embarrassed if people got shot over the game like they do in the state of Alabama Every year. I would be embarrassed if some idiot goes out here and poisons trees in the grove. It's never happened in the state of Mississippi. And Alabama's my home state. I'm talking about homeboys. They're crazy. Yet the big talkers in Herb Street wants to get on ESPN, push his glasses up, and look down his nose at us and point to the Egg Bowl last year and make some statement about this and got to stop this behavior and blah, blah. You know what? go talk to your fans at Ohio State. Tell them the story about how a coach punched a player once on the field. That's another thing that's never happened in this rivalry. So everybody outside of this rivalry, take your advice, take your sanctimonious stumping about how it ought to be, and shove it. Jimmy N. Jackson on the Divinity Equipment phone. What's up, Jimmy?
0: Uh, not much, Matt. Great show. Always Thank enjoy you. you. Uh, very informative. Just had a hypothetical question for you. Knowing how your the season has gone this year, if you was Coach Moorhead and given another year to write your ship, what would you do if you were Coach Moorhead?
3: You know, the number one thing I would do, Jimmy, I would have already done it. And it would be no like disrespect to the current strength and conditioning staff okay it's just that they promoted from within when the guy left last year okay Uh and i think because of that there probably was a lot of people trying to have their hands on the strength and conditioning program and how they were doing and what they were doing um this is what i would do jimmy i would do a national legit search find the single solitary the best strength coach in America with the best track record that is willing to come for a big payday and i would hire that guy i'd pay him whatever it takes i'd find some way to make i'd find some way to make him the highest paid strength conditioning coach in America and then i would publicize it and make a star out of the guy so that there's a little pressure to get it done to show results I would absolutely try my best to put a stamp on the and make the brand of Mississippi State football is the best strength and conditioning program in America. That's what I would do. I would try my best to do that. The same way that Nebraska somehow branded themselves in the late 80s, early 90s as the best weight room and strength and conditioning program, I'd try my best to do it at state. Because listen, this is what I'm telling you, Jimmy. At Mississippi State, if you build the program and you win long enough, they're trying to get to their tenth straight bowl. But it's still from where they were. You're decades away from becoming a top five recruiter year in and year out, which is what it takes to, you know, just beat people with talent, right? Like you're not going to beat people right. with talent the way LSU has. Well, in the meantime, you got to you got to be able to win, and the way you win is by signing three-star players with potential and then developing them into five-star players. And that's what I would try to stamp the program as. I I would, I'd do it and then I'd get out of his way. If I were the head coach, that's what I'd do.
0: All right. Thank you. And I continue to enjoy your show.
3: Thank you, Jimmy. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's see. Okay, Roger. So there's
1: a big accident right now. I I was checking the cams. I haven't heard, but I mean, traffic, uh, I fifty five north at I twenty, right there. It is just at a standstill. I've been watching okay. it for about ten minutes and I've seen one truck move from one side of the underpass to the other.
3: Okay, so it's on I fifty five just north
1: of two twenty. It's it kind of like we were county line and everything kind of yeah. bottlenecks together there, well, it's really causing a problem. And there's a lot of traffic out today. A lot of people out already uh, on okay. county line. So if you're out and about heading this way, Uh, Just be aware there's a little pre-Black Friday traffic out there. okay. And so if you're topping a hill, be prepared.
3: Don't be looking down at your phone,
1: right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Okay.
3: Um, And I'm getting a text here, Roger. You might want to look at this. A text on the text line says, Garbage truck on fire directly under Jackson
1: Street exit. Okay, so that's uh, close to Ridgeland there. So that, that that is a, that's a big that, that's going to cause a lot of a bottleneck. Okay,
3: all right. So if y'all are listening in that area, be careful. Okay, keep yeah. your, keep your eyes peeled, keep your head on a swivel. As the on
1: over there to the Highland uh, <laughs> Colony Parkway. There
3: you go, detour. Um, let me, here we go. Text line two got a bunch of that, and then I'm going to give you some sound here. Uh, Daryl from Jackson, shouldn't the college football coaches have a transfer portal? <laughs> Why? So you could put them in it? <laughs> yeah, coin operated. <laughs> uh, Tyler says Braxton Hoyette was smart and very situationally aware. He was the unsung hero that kept it from being bad. He kept it to being a slight skirmish at best. Yeah. You know, and listen to the thing those guys, you know why a big lineman is cool headed whenever people start pushing and shoving? Because it's just like a play. They go through that area. I, listen to me. Listen to me. I promise you. There are worse fights happening in practices and in fall scrimmages than ever happened on these game fields, for the most part, just the occasional. one. Worst one maybe you've ever seen was South Carolina Clemson many, many years ago. Unnamed texter, when we're the only game on the spotlight and judgment falls to us. So, let's see. It says someone with the initials KH needs to check up. And it was just last year. And I have a lot of respect for Kirk Herbstreit. I do. And I don't dislike him. I'm just saying that was the wrong move last year. I thought it was out of line. But I think it's pressured by, you know, he's in a position where he's kind of expected to be the voice of things. But what he did last year was he pandered to, you know, everybody and fan bases and pandered to the commissioner's office and all that. Like he's going to be a good little boy and deliver the message instead of just being real. And everybody sees right through it. Hey, I've been there. and I've done that stuff and learned from it the hard way. You can't do that. You just have to be real. Teddy says, referring to state fans wanting to lose. In live sports or anything, you don't wish for someone or something you love to fail in any way. Right. You don't, unless you're crazy. And unfortunately, everybody's got a little crazy in their fan base. <laughs> um, somebody said, thank you for saying that. So sick of everyone sensationalizing the pushing match last year i agree shane here's yesterday press conference mike mcintyre defensive coordinator ole miss
4: egg bowl yes so that's okay i was here before with coach cutcliffe um yeah the the egg bowl is um it's you know i've been a lot of different uh places coached a lot been played in a lot of different rivalries that type of thing Um, to me this is one of the most fierce rivalries especially when i was here before um, I remember the first time we played in it, they had policemen lined off the 50 yard line and lined it because the year before they had a big fight. And, uh, I mean, we couldn't even get out. And it was pretty amazing how uh, um, feisty and aggressive it was. And not only on the field, but in the stands and everywhere else. Um, so, I'm. A- All right, look,
3: I'm just going to say I don't have that perspective of that 98 game. And I was in uniform on one side. <laughs> And everybody's like, yeah, you know, we had a fight before the game last year, but so what? It never even came up on our team. I'm pretty sure it never came up on Ole Miss's team. And when you're warming up, you know, you're looking one way down the field. They might have had policemen at midfield. We knew it was just because you'd had to fight the year before. We didn't, and, and I don't remember anything, even remotely out of line or different about that game in 98 than any other game I've ever played in. I was there for the whole thing,
4: uniform. Expecting the exact same thing um, when we go down there, very physical, feisty, um, kind of crazy atmosphere. That's what I've been used to the first four times I was in it.
3: Do you th- – and this is a question. Do you all think that it will be this, you know, inordinate sort of crazy atmosphere this year for the game? I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's Egg Bowl. I mean, it's going to be – Loud. There's going to be a lot of people there,
4: but I don't know if it's like it has been in years past. Um, I didn't I, Well, I guess I did know about that. I, the, the ones they had before us was like a pregame fight. I mean, it was a big deal. It was a mess. and uh, um, So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a testy deal, and uh, I know both teams will be ready to play and excited about playing. All
3: right. Um, back over here on the text line. Roger, let's see. Jonathan texted us and said, Whatever it is, the wreck, it's in Ridgeland. Whatever it is, it's on fire. That's the text we had that there's a garbage truck on fire directly under the Jackson Street exit.
1: Yeah, and I'm, it, I'm looking at the camera that's focused on the northbound lane. Uh, there's a, People who are familiar with the area know that there's a, a, like a, a walkover trail bridge, and it's just yeah. at a standstill. And if I look north at, by where the Sams and Madison is, the northbound lane is almost completely empty okay gonna, you never see that
3: all right and and then fletch just texted us, and he said 51 locked up north of county
1: line did he you think no he doubt. meant 55 no no i'm just Dis- quite sure that people are pulling off onto 51 and all you've okay. done there is just change places that you're going to be sitting still sitting still uh, until they get uh, might that move cleared. over to the parkway might move a little faster over that way okay okay so anybody- probably what people are trying to do they're going down 51 to get over onto the Park so then.
3: i mean in terms of giving advice you think it's best We uh, just tell people hey look you know you're gonna sit still I'd wait on, it out you're gonna yeah. sit still on 55
1: or 51 you might as well sit still on 55 that yeah and if you can get out of it don't get up there okay just stay away from county line right now
3: okay and a text says that the garbage truck is not on fire anymore and they are slowly letting cars through in the left lane on 55 north yeah more cars forced off the interstate exit on the uh, Ridgeland exit. And you can see it right there. Jonathan has sent us a text, Roger, so I can see. It. I know exactly where that is. I just know it so from you,
1: sight. So are you saying that the problem was hot garbage?
3: <laughs> no, but I promise you somebody that passed by was that it, took a was picture. Was it a dumpster fire? They took a picture of that, and they're going to save it if their team loses on Thursday night. And yeah, use it. Meme it. Yeah. For the, yeah they're gonna make our a, team. They're going to make a <laughs> meme out of it for sure. Yeah. Now <laughs> we can get ready for that. All right. Hour two, rolling along. I'll let you hear from Matt Luke coming up next on the show. Stick around.
2: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
3: Yo. All right. So back on the show. Roger, one cool thing that happened, well, a couple things that happened last night at the Jackson Touchdown Club. Um, the kid who's a quarterback at uh, MRA, Madison Regional Academy, you know, they won a state championship. And man, he yep. threw the ball all over the field for them. Uh, Philip, oh gosh, I'm going to have to look it up here just so I make sure
1: I get it right. Somebody's screaming at the radio. Oh, I know they all are. I should know. I I, I run the games every week. <laughs> Short. Phillip Short is his there name. There
3: you go. Um, Excuse
1: me. But
3: he and his mom and dad were there, and he got the player of the uh, the year. He got the Jackson Touchdown Club Player of the Year Award. Oh, that's awesome. And I got to meet him and everything, and, um, man, just they were so nice. And he's impressive. He's about six foot one, about 190 pounds. But, man, his coach got up there and started – Coach Weaver's – the assistant coach started reading his stats and it's unbelievable. The guy's thrown for like six or 7,000 yards in two years and 70 something touchdowns and five interceptions. His numbers are just gaudy. And, uh, listen to this, Roger, while he was sitting at the table last night, I think it was while I was speaking, he got a phone call, had to get up and answer it. And it was a scholarship offer from Jacksonville state. Um, the, the heck of a one double a team and school over in the state of alabama i think initially you know, he's committed to mississippi gulf coast to go play junior college there but anyway that was a neat thing and then uh the other one was
1: um i'm surprised he's not getting you know more looks than that
3: yeah I and mean, he's got a couple offers um mr morris who you work with there at the radio station bob yeah he was there and one
1: time voice of the jackson state tigers yeah. Back in the day, as they say. Yeah, you could tell he's got a radio voice. And oh, yeah, he's uh, great. He looks like Walter Matthau, just to kind yeah, of paint he, a picture for everybody out there.
3: He kind of does. He he's like not Walter, as
1: cranky, though. <laughs>
3: Walter Matthau with white hair is kind of what he looks like.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Um, but there's a guy up who's an uh, alderman up in uh, Risland who was kind of doing a presentation where he let people around the room, if you're a fan of a school, they kind of give the report of how the team did the previous week. So Mr. Morris got up and talked about Alabama, and he said, I want to say one other thing. He said, this came up in one of our meetings, but I found the information. And he he let everyone know. He said, the service academies, it's, a, it's now this, you know, the department of whatever has said that if you're an athlete at a service academy, and you're good enough to be a pro, then you can immediately leave school and go play pro sports, whatever, and then come back and fulfill your service later. And everybody's like, oh, okay, yeah. And so the guy who was up there at the podium said, well, that's good. So they can go play 10 years in the NFL and come back and buy us a battleship. <laughs> I thought, that's great. Because, hey, I don't know what they cost, but if you save your money and you play 10 years in the NFL, you might actually be able to afford a battleship. Who knows? <laughs> but we had a good time, and it was neat to meet everybody there uh, last night. So uh, I mentioned that first hour. We just wanted to point that out again. Uh, here at hour number two. All right, and if you're watching on the stream, Facebook, Twitter, hey, y'all, you can comment. I'll try to take a look at it here. And then, of course, the text line is open to you, 885-ESPN. Call me on the Divinity Equipment phone, 995-1059. Here is a little
2: Matt Luke
3: Egg Bowl press conference yesterday.
2: Yeah, so we treated uh, yesterday like a Tuesday. Today is basically a Wednesday practice tomorrow, so you just kind of set it up that way. And with us having the open date, we did have the luxury of setting it up that way. So today will be a typical Wednesday practice.
1: Matt, is just the margin of defeat
3: last year just tweak these guys, Ole Miss, from a pride standpoint?
2: I think uh, this game stands alone. You can't worry about what happened last year. I mean, this is two brand-new teams, you know, different set of circumstances, but uh, I think – Uh, You really don't need any extra motivation when it comes to this game. It's just, it's very, very important uh, on its own.
0: Are you guys mentioning the possibility of a bowl at five and seven to your players? You know, I
2: think I think that's out there because enough people have been talking about it but not really' we're, not, we're just not something that we're talking about. We're focused on this game and if certainly that happens, I mean you welcome all the extra practice time and the ability to go to bowl game with a young team. it's like an extra spring practice so I think it would be a, a positive but uh, you're certainly not focused on on that. I mean our, our guys are dialed in on this on this game.
1: Matt, they, they've had guys suspended all year. I have no idea who they
2: are. You, I'm sure they'll be back for this game. Do you, do you guys know who they are and, and uh, uh, no, scheme for them? Uh, well, again, we, we, we have the luxury of having you know every every game that they've played. So they've all played at one time or another. So you're, you're prepared and ready to go no, no matter what happens. And, and if, um, you know, they're, they're going to, you know, obviously play all their guys and we'll play all our guys. And, uh, you know, I think we'll be ready for whatever combination is out there. Matt, what do you see out of their defense off of film, in particular their ability to stop the run? You know, I think um, they're they're very athletic, and you know they, they do a good job of movement and creating negative plays in the backfield. They they have a very good pressure system. Uh, you know, Coach Shoup does a good job with that, and you know, but I think that's the movement and their ability to blitz and get in the backfield to create negative plays. That's that's what you see when you turn the tape
4: on. Matt, you talked about everybody on this team knowing how big of a rivalry this is, how important it is. What do you say to the guys to not get them too overexcited and too involved in the, the pageantry of it?
2: Yeah, I, I, this is a very uh, emotional and passionate game, and, and it should be, as all rivalry games should be, with two passionate fan bases. And it's a, you know, it's a great college football game, but at the end of the day, you still got to go out there and play football. I mean, nothing that happens, you know, you, I mean, you got to go play football between the whistles and take care of your business and go play really, really hard. Uh, all the other stuff is not going to have a not going to affect the outcome of the game. Matt, you talk about how emotional and passionate of a football game this is. Uh, you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that's as steeped in this game as you are. Do you find yourself having to maybe step outside yourself a little bit to control your your emotions going into this well, game? I mean, I think you I think you want to be I think you want to be real. You don't want to be fake, and you don't I mean. But I mean, it, it is an emotional and it is a passionate game. Uh, but I think the the whole thing. Is I, I'm you know born and raised in the state of Mississippi. When you when when the game comes on Thursday night and it's a national TV game, you want the whole state of Mississippi to be shed in a good light. And I think uh, just with a good football game, two teams, passionate fan bases out there playing hard, that's the way it should be.
3: All right. So that's a little bit of Matt Luke in his press conference yesterday, uh, ahead of this week's game, uh, saying all the right things. And again, it's just it's interesting to me how it's just man. Everybody that asks a question about the game is all, oh boy, the extra passion and the intensity and the chippiness, and you have to talk to your team about making sure you know you focus on the play and not get too involved after the play. And I mean, it's just we're going to drum that up. Uh, uh, We're just going to drum it up. We're just going to continue to drum up. You know, it's like people two years ago, too toxic, toxic, toxicity in the rivalry. It's
1: Where's gotten this dangerous. Where's moral outrage coming from? This Man, the, I don't know. Is this I coming bleeding over from politics or See, something? I, I is honestly, this woke sports we're talking? Roger,
3: you know what I honestly think it is? I think it's one team has five wins and the other team has four. <laughs> and that's part of it. And so many of the media that are covering the game are like, I guess you got to talk about something that moves the needle. So instead of As, talking about, you know, the team's – We'll just talk about how bad they hate each other and how dangerous the
1: atmosphere is. You know, but, bull. Well, you know that that's a little bit of the way they do these reality TV shows. They kind of kind of hype everything up for so when you actually watch it, you know, yeah. like the promos are much better than the yeah, what actually happens. Hey, and listen, let but, me just but you know, as much as they are horrified by this 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 violence and this this vile hatred of each other, they would like nothing more than a fight. fight. No doubt.
3: Because it then so many of our mushy-headed, soft backbone media would then have a story that would give them a few clicks. And hey, and just go ahead and get ready for it. If you at home are watching this game on Thursday night, let me tell you what's coming. Every promo leading up to it, it's gonna be about how intense and how you know un. <laughs> Healthily mad, these two fan bases are at each other, and they hate each other, and oh, they just can't stand each other. And oh, look, in the 1930s, Ole Miss students killed the bulldog mascot. And they look at this. Here's video of a fight. Here's video of last year. Just go ahead and get ready. I did not know that.
1: I learned something today.
3: Yeah, they they stole him and painted the bulldog, and he like died from it or something like that. Oh, it used to
1: have some pretty bad stuff in the paint, <laughs> like lead. Yeah. That's why you're not supposed to eat paint chips, right? Hey, almost. Bernie Epson almost went out. <laughs>
3: Stick around. Man, uh, Roger, the coffee lasted the last little bit of coffee in my cup right up to the end of the show. Just perfectly planned out.
1: and you got another swaller left?
3: I got I got just enough little swallers <laughs> left for the remaining segment of the show. It's just like on Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know a what I mean?
1: scientific measurement. Well,
3: well, you know, I'm one of those who, like, I love it on Thanksgiving where you have all these things on your plate. Turkey, dressing, cranberry, sweet potato, corn, this, green beans, this, that, and the other. And and you all you, you eat it in such a way that you've got about one bite of everything left. It's all eaten very evenly. You know? Yeah. Proportionately. You don't sit down and on your plate on Thanksgiving and eat all the turkey. And oh, then you, you move do. over to the dressing. You know, and then you move to the green beans. You you eat it all a little here, a little there, so that you have a little bit left of everything. And that's the way we did today's show. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> The coffee from High Point Roasters in New Albany. Y'all go see Dan Skinner. Dan the coffee man. And the folks at High Point Roasters and highpointroasters.com. Mm. I even it's got my mug there. Something. I even got my mug there. Oh, that's a cool mug. Yeah. It's a so hot, hot mug, whatever. Yeah. Handmade in Pontotoc, Mississippi.
1: The home of Roger. And I'm going to teach you a little Choctaw. Or is it Chickasaw? What's that? Pontotoc. Now, you know one. You know one word. It means land of hanging grapes. Land of hanging grapes. Got some good muscadines up there. Yeah. Isn't it Pontotoc where they have the Bodoc Festival? The Bodoc trees? That may have started after I left.
3: Okay, I think they do. Or they did there for a little while anyway. Okay, here we go. Green okra on the text line says, I hear you, but ESPN does the same thing in promos ahead of the Red Sox-Yankees series with shots of Bill Lee walking off the field with his shoulder hanging almost to the ground. That's just the culture we live in. Pump up the rivalry with violence and then complain about the very thing
1: they brought you in with. <laughs> you were correct, by the way. What's that? I didn't realize you talking. We called them horse apples. Yeah. The Bodoc trees. Man, those things, they had them on the school grounds which mm-hmm. was a recipe for mischief. Because mm-hmm. uh, they're approximately the size of oh, softball. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't try to eat
3: one. They are not edible.
1: And if people are still wondering what we're talking about, there's those big grapefruit-sized things that look like a green human brain.
3: I know. And it's like, what are, you, what are they for? What are we going to do with those?
1: Yeah. That,
3: I, we can't figure out a purpose for those things.
1: Let's have a festival.
3: And we can figure out a purpose for just about anything. Those pine cones, people paint them, decorate them. you know? But what are we going to do with, a, with the Bodoc balls Alpha a Bodoc tree? You can't do anything with them. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Tim on the text line says Ole Miss has more weapons uh, to win the game with. You know, maybe so. Hard to argue that they got a couple of receivers who can play now, who can run and really go get it. <clears throat> they may, maybe have, at times have had a little bit of a tough time getting the uh, ball to them. But, you know, you look at Plumlee, 4-3 speed. You look at the speed of Ely and the other freshman back. and You heard Matt Luke say yesterday that Scotty Phillips is going to be healthy for them. They do have weapons on offense, no doubt. And just, you know, you got guys on the field that fast. You don't even have to block everything all that well, and they're going to make yards. And state has not been a team that, you know, just goes out there and dominates the line of scrimmage very much against anybody. So look, I fully expect Ole Miss to run the ball up and down the field. It feels like one of those games where if you're, you know, if you know either team, but you know, you look at it from the standpoint of the state, you probably look at it like if you're going to win the game, you're going to have to score some points in this ball game. You're going to have to be in the in the thirties somewhere. If you want to win this game. Now, maybe it doesn't get to that. If everybody's running the ball and it shortens the game a little bit, maybe, I don't know, but um, that's the way it feels. Points. Will in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Is that where Will, Will, is that where you are right now is in South Dakota?
0: I'm in South Dakota, Matt. I grew up in uh, Water Valley and, Went to state and been up here about three years. So,
1: that a boy, it's kind of cold up there, isn't yeah. it? Is that that where that fuel industry is growing?
0: No, it, that's North Dakota. That's where the Yankees are up in North.
3: Dakota.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they gotcha. showing up Yankees up there now. What's the what's thinking, the weather? Yeah,
0: they
3: are. What's the weather like right now in South Dakota? Uh,
0: Right now it's about thirty three and cloudy. Yeah, uh, winds blowing a little bit, not too bad, but. I think uh, Thanksgiving Day they're talking a little bit of snow, and then on the the Friday I think we they're talking eight to ten inches of snow. So
1: yeah, y'all get down below they're zero low. a lot up there,
0: don't you? Oh yeah, I think last winter we had probably uh, I think they, they said there was sixty or seventy days straight uh,
1: below zero. Ooh, so. woo.
3: yeah. Listen, yeah. Uh, one of my it's favorite meet outside. One of my favorite <laughs> comedians is a guy named Gary Mule Deer. And he had this joke where he said, you know, this guy asked him, do you do a lot of fishing in South Dakota? He said, no, they're hard to catch. So I just wait till the time because it gets so cold, the streams freeze from the bottom up. <laughs> now yep. think, no, yep. think about it. <laughs> it long.
0: It, it is funny. You know, I, I still haven't gone ice fishing. I, I just, there's something unnatural about walking out on ice and drilling a hole in it. Yeah. But, Sitting in your heated
1: cabin.
3: Yeah, and that leads me to to my other, you know, like, go-to favorite joke, Will, and that is this, like you, a boy from the south, uh, went ice fishing up north on his own, and so he rented an auger, and he goes out onto the ice, you know, and starts drilling a hole in the ice, and this voice comes out of the sky, out of nowhere, and says, there are no fish beneath the ice. And it scared him to death. He's like, he's hearing voices. So he moved to a new spot, starts drilling a hole. The voice comes back, there are no fish beneath the ice. So he looked up in the sky and he said, God, is that you? And the voice came back and said, no, I'm the manager of the skating rink. (laughs) (laughs) There's my joke. There's my joke. All right, so you didn't call to tell jokes. What's up? No,
0: you know, it's it's awesome to, to be able to, to listen to you on Facebook and and uh, keep up with with state. You know, I parents still have season tickets. I've lived in Hattiesburg for quite a while and, and had season tickets when I lived down there. And you know, this is as a state fan. This it's really been a frustrating year, and I think you've hit all the points. I mean, this is a, one of those games that I, as a state fan. I don't know how anybody has us favored, you know, in, in this game. I, I think they're going to run up and down the field on us and we're either going to have to cause some turnovers or be able to score with them. And I just, I don't have a heck of a lot of confidence in our offense to be able to score with them. And that's just, right. you know, the frustrating thing, but it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm excited. I mean, I, I think, I hope that Coach Moorhead figures out how to get our kids ready. I don't know. I mean, you know, you played this state. I walked on this state 92, and it's it's a, it's a different, you know, you're either ready to play or you're not. All this getting ready to play stuff, but I think Coach Moorhead has a lot of lot riding on this game, and it'll be interesting to see if, if he's able to scheme it right to, to put us in a position to win.
3: Yeah, Will, you know, and I, I feel the same way that you do is this could be off, but I feel like it's a fact, and I've said this, that if you were to look at the previous 11 games for State, you couldn't take any of those 11 performances, either in the wins or the losses, you couldn't take any of those 11 performances and replicate that on Thursday and it be good enough to beat Ole Miss in this game. Given the matchup, given what they do well, given what, state does doesn't do well like you know the way they play okay so they beat southern miss at home in week two 38 to 15 and of course yeah played the second half without tommy stevens you know the loss to kansas state at home the win at home 28 13 over kentucky and the thing about it is kentucky's a bowl eligible team and i'll be honest with you they almost look like a little bit of a better team now with Lynn Bowden than they did when Smith was playing for him. Sawyer Smith, their backup quarterback. And maybe the way they played against Kentucky would be good enough to win this, but like Kentucky goes in there in September and scores 13 points. I don't see state holding Ole Miss to 13 points. Do you?
0: I I don't see how we do. I mean, I've, I've, watched enough football and and been around it my whole life and I I just the way our defense is playing it is I mean we can't tackle it's like every everything's an arm tackle and I've heard you say it several times you know we get whipped in the trenches on both sides of the ball every game and it is that that to me is the most disappointing thing is it looks like we're just not physically on the same page we were even two years ago and that's where that's where I think we have to step back and look at you know, start evaluating Moorhead, not just on the performance of the games, but what's he doing off the field off the season to make sure that we're ready to play. You know, look, I, I coach Mullen was a good guy. You know, when Coach Cheryl was there, I mean, you know, we were three hundred and fifty pounds across the front. With, yeah, huge. You know, hey huge Will guys
3: I hate and, to interrupt you know, but music started, no, we gotta split, man. Thank you so much for listening All right. and for calling. Yeah, man. Hail State. Hail State. Talk to you again soon. That's Will in South Dakota. Connect with him on Facebook. Now he's on the radio all over Jackson, Central Mississippi on the zone. Very cool. All right. That'll wrap it up on this Tuesday. One more show this week, and that's tomorrow. So I'll see you then. See ya.
4: You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.